take you on a little journey, a cancer journey that we both experienced. In 2012, I was diagnosed with cancer. But before I get into the meat of it, the, I was working in a hospital for 30 plus years. I had many jobs, so forth and so on. I've seen many sick people. But I was always thought that I was accepted. You know, not one of the accepted ones not to get any type of disease because I worked in a hospital. And not to say I was immortal. No. I thought I did the right thing. Helping people. I thought that was my mission to help people, to do good. Anyway, um, I had a problem and I was finding myself voiding a lot. And I'm like, what could this be? I was constantly voiding, so maybe I had a bladder infection. So with that said, I went to my primary and he recommended me to see a urologist. I said, a urologist? He says, yes, he says, go see a urologist. I said, okay. So I got a urologist, you know, that I know who worked in the hospital. And um, I went to his office and we had to take um, a urinalysis. And he says, okay, Mr. Butler, I need to see you in a week. And I said, okay, fine. So mind you, I had two jobs. I worked in the hospital and I worked for the uh, Board of Education. appointment and I had to go see the urologist and um, I told my wife I said fellas I'm going to see the urologist okay honey. okay so proceeding to see the urologist I go into his office he says we're going to do a biopsy I'm like a biopsy yes Mr. Butler well how are you going to do that well we're going to go into your anal and we're gonna apply an instrument. And what it does, it snips some of your prostate. Oh boy. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, do I have to go to the hospital? You're gonna do it in the office? No, no, we'll do it right here in the office. So, okay, so I agreed to it and had a nurse. I was quite embarrassed as a man, you know, bending over and then going up your anal. But anyway, he did what he had to do. And he says, you will know the results within a couple of days. I says, okay, doctor. So proceeding, I went home, I told my wife I had the uh, biopsy and that I will know within a couple of days what the results were. Okay, and that was in the, almost to the end of April, the end of April of 2012. So I'm... I'm back work job at um, BOCES. I was a substitute at BOCES, a 
in Bellport. And I'm driving home, and my phone rings, and it was the doctor. And he says, Mr. Butler, you have cancer. And everything went quiet. You heard the expression where your hair stands on end? And he says, are you there? I says, yes, I have to pull over, I'm driving. He, then he became very sympathetic. I'm so sorry, Mr. Butler. Uh, so I pulled over. And the most frightening thing, what he said afterwards, he says, I need to see you and my, my wife in his office as soon as possible. So of course, I thought the worst. I says, okay. I told my wife, I said, honey, I have prostate cancer, and we need to see the urologist ASAP. Made the appointment, which we did. And he was very blunt, very upfront, and um, he gave me all different types of scenario of this. So he says, well, there's several ways we can remove the cancer. Do a prostrate, we can do it by surgery, which calls ectomy, or we can do what they call robotic surgery, or seed plants, which we will plant seeds, which is, as we all know, is radiation. So being I worked in x-ray, I knew what about radiation, so, so that, was, that was counted out. So I says, well, doctor, I said, what would you do? He said, it's not about me. He said, you should have this done like yesterday. Oh my goodness, that's serious. So with that said, I said, okay, I'm gonna go with the robotic surgery. He had given me a couple of surgeons. So with that said, I said, okay, I'm gonna take care of it as soon as possible. He left his office, me and my wife, we talked and talked. And we have, a, we have a friend who is a lawyer in the city and one of her colleagues had, can, had prostate cancer. And he had robotic surgery by this particular well-known doctor. So I did, research, did a research on him. I says, okay, honey, we'll do it. It was at the New York Presbyterian Hospital. Let's go with it. And we met, we had many meets. I don't know if maybe five or six times we were going back and forth on the subways to New York, East New York. And he reassured me that his job was to get rid of the cancer and for me to do my part to do what I have to do, exercise and so forth and so on. And um, it's, an in and out, it's an in and out one day. This is okay. So we said, okay, we'll go for it. And May 7th, 2012, my wife drove me into the hospital, New York Presbyterian. Went in and I was on the gurney. And next thing I know, IVs hooked up. And the doctor came in one time and spoke to me, the anesthesiologists, the anesthetists, nurses, and so forth and so on, and reassured me it was going to be okay. And we 
going to get rid of all this cancer that's in you. Okay, so I felt a little relief. Next thing I know, I was out like a light. I woke up in such pain. I had Foley bags. I had a little bubble bag on the side of my stomach. Uh, I, I felt like a train had hit me. What is going on? And then they asked me to get out of bed and walk. Walk? I just had surgery. I just had surgery. Walk? And I tried. I tried. I cried and I tried. But my wife, she I, she went back home. She was home and then we called her. She came back. And uh, my, uh, my, my oldest son and told me to get out of bed. Let's do this. You have to walk. You got to get yourself better. And I did, but waiting in my mind says, please, I can't wait till they go home. All I want to do is lay in the bed, lay in the bed. They gave me painkillers, morphine, oh my goodness. So as the time progresses, seeing the doctor, well, I didn't actually see the doctor. I just saw his interns. It was about six or seven of them. And I'm just looking. And he says, Mr. Butler, the surgery was okay, but there was a little, um, little mishaps, mishaps, where they had torn my bladder. They had to put a ball in to collect the fluid. Oh my goodness. So how soon can I go home? Well, one of the young ladies interned, she says, Mr. Butler, I will not advise you to go home at this particular time because you have this bag and being that you live on Long Island and you're in New York, I mean, to go to another hospital, some doctors don't like to go behind other doctors. So that meant I have to go back and forth to the city. My wife became very concerned and she was my mouthpiece. She would ask every question known to man about the situation. So we did what, you know, I stayed. Matter of fact, I pulled up been out in one day. Nine days later, I'm still at New York Presbyterian, having all kinds of tests, cystograms, CAT scan, you name it. And I went, I went to have a cystogram, and the doctor wasn't there. He had went to a meeting. I'm like, okay, so when will I get the report? Well, we'll send the report. I said, well, we're coming from Long Island. I need to know something. What is going on? So didn't hear or see the doctor. I left. We left and went home. I had to come back. Now, mind you, I have a Foley filled with, excuse me, urine. I had sweatpants and it was so heavy and it's pulling and I'm dragging down the street trying to find a place to park. It was so inhumane. I get there and they tell me the doctor is out of town. And I'm saying, excuse me, why didn't anyone call us? We have several phones. I says, well, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm tired, 
I said, I said, somebody has to be ahead of him or he must have a partner. And it was this woman. And she comes out and she's telling me, well, you have to have the Foley in for another seven days in this ball. I says, no, you're going to extract it now. Give me all my medical records. I'm going home. I'm not coming back here again. But Mr. Butler, no. Take it out or I will take it out. And then they just like, oh, no, no. So anyway, make a long story short, everything was extracted. Left, went home. And of course, I went to my radiologist. And he was very apprehensive by going behind someone else. I says, okay, no problem. But with the grace of God, with the grace of God, he was with me. He was with me. I went to my primary doctor. He has given me other doctors to, you know, to see, and which I did. And he gave me an oncologist doctor, and I went and saw him. But before I saw the oncologist doctor, the urologist says, okay, I'm gonna give you a shot, a hormone shot, okay, Lupron, and he, explain everything to me, what is what is this purpose, what it would do, and how I should, you know, be experiencing with it. So I says, okay, let's do it. So with that said, my sister, who also was going through cancer, and she says, Robert, you need to see an oncologist. And I thought, and I, thought I said, Ah, yes, because I had prostate cancer, yes. So I did, and Dr. LaPera and his team, they were an excellent team, and they did everything, gave me all types of medication, trial medication, you name it, I had it. Um, um, chemotherapy medication, but thank God I didn't have to have IVs of, of chemo drops. I had about radiation. That was the most horrific, uh, the most horrific part of this battle. What radiation can do to the body. If you never have it, you count your blessings each and every day. Radiation is no joke. You know, they claim it may does its work, but remember, all radiation is, it's a poison. It's a poison. And it's darn if you do and darn if you don't. Anyway, I had many bouts of radiation therapy. From my back to my pelvis, you name it. And in my situation, it left me unsexual. It kind of destroyed my sexual organs. Um, I didn't feel no sexual desire because my due to my testosterone testosterone level was so low, and it was just it wasn't me. It was just what I went through. You know, the doctors promise you, oh, you know, you this and that, you know, you're going to take uh, Viagra. Didn't do nothing, 
nothing, not the least. Didn't do anything, okay? And you go to these other doctors, they give you these um, exercise, Kiko exercise, tried it, didn't work. And it was very grueling for my wife, you know, because we were both still sexually active. And to not to satisfy my wife intimately, I just couldn't. And it led to a lot of hardship. A lot of anger, lots of anger, you know, rejection, you know, I felt rejected as a man, my wife felt rejected as a wife that had a husband that could not perform the duties of his manhood, which I'll tell you, it wasn't my fault, it was just, I got I got a raw deal, that's why that's the only way I can put it. I got a raw deal. And when I went to see the doctor again, he had gone. He had went fled on to another hospital. So I wind up going to New York Cancer Blood Center. And that's where I get my treatment as today. Very, very nice place compassion, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, the lab techs, everyone that you can think of that deal with patients with cancer, very nice. And you, pick, you find out things as you go along with this cancer. Um, there was times I couldn't eat, drink, lost a lot of weight. I just couldn't, if I, I couldn't stand the smell of food. I couldn't drink. I would vomit. It was just, mmm. But they keep telling me, you have to drink. You got to build up. You got to build up. So what they did, they did hydration, where they insert a needle, IV, um, nausea medication, steroids. So I go for that, poking in my arm. So it came to the point that my um, arms, the veins in my arms were no good. It was no good. And I, I was just a total wreck, you know. And then I finally got a port put in. But the amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, my wife, she wind up with breast cancer. I know with breast cancer. She had a beautiful oncologist and doctor. And she reassured my wife, it's gonna be alright. She was so reassuring, she was well renowned, and told her from A, B, C, D, E, all the way to Z, what she was going to do and how she's going to fare. And she had if I'm not mistaken, I think she had 10 bouts of radiation. No, it's more than that. I think 17 to 18. 17 to 18. I'm sorry to correct me. 17 to 18. I was so astonished to see my wife, this woman that I love, how she carried herself. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, wow. Wow. How you feeling, honey? Oh, I'm just a little tired. And I'm saying to myself, tired and getting up, doing little this, doing little that. 
Now you gotta remind now remind you, her radiation is basically on soft tissue where I had mine's on my back. It was on my spine. So you figure it will do more, I would say now, I don't want to use the word harm or danger, but going through the flesh, you know, flesh radiation, you know, 17, 18 treatments. And she never once fret. Never once fret. Yes, I do believe it's the amount of radiation. But radiation is radiation regardless of what the amount is. I have a friend, a good friend of mine. He's getting radiation. He had 15 bouts. Down flat on his back. Hadn't eaten for days. He just drew up. Just got skinnier and skinnier. Weak. He's confined to the bed. Confined. But, you know, I said we're never going to give up. Even me. I said I'm never giving up. I will never throw in the towels. Yes, your mind will tell you I can't take it no more. I'm done. I'm done. But that's man talking. Spiritually, no. God has spoke to me. My son, I am with you. Hold my hand. I will carry you. This journey is not over. And just hearing those words in your head, in your mind, you know everything's going to be all right if God says so. And it was God. There was nobody else in that room. And you wake up each and every morning to say thank you, Jesus, for another day. Now, I've been diagnosed in 2012. This is now 2021. Tell me if God is not good. Tell me. He is awesome. He is worthy of his word. He is worthy. And yes, this cancer is a beast. But guess what? Each and every day, we're going to fight it. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. I remember those night days I would just stay in bed. Not because I wanted to. I had no choice. Just stayed in bed. I get up, I'm like, wiped out. Wiped out. And just hug the bed, you know? But I said to myself, this is no life. This is no life. This is no quality of life. I am a person who did so much in my lifetime. I worked. I, oh my goodness, I did, I just did a lot of things. Yes, I've done good things. Yes, I've done bad things. Yes, I smoked. I was a semi-alcoholic back in my days, you know. But I overcame it. I overcame it after I met my wife. And being that she was a Christian woman. And Jesus turned me into being a Christian man. You know, I started going to church. I was a single father. I had a daughter and a son that I raised. I had full custody of. And it was like a fairy tale. She lived behind me and she had a son. He was four years old. And we had just connected. We had connected, had a little path going back and forth to our complex. But I knew I had to do one thing. I had to stop drinking. Because, you know, you drink, you're nasty, and you just, you're not really talking nice, you know. And, yes, I was angry, 
was angry. And um, so now that I have this prostate cancer, in the beginning I got a little angry, but now I'm here to tell you I am now in an acceptance. I do accept it. I have no problem talking about it. I have talked to men on men's retreat, just social gathering in our church, talk to men, and encouraged to get your PSA checked. Very. Do not let them tell you no. Uh, you don't have to have it. Yes. And then, believe it or not, you should have your PSA checked. I would say any in the vicinity between 35 on up. Okay? Have your PSA checked. Because it may save your life. Because the quicker they get it, the quicker you will live a little longer. I am not angry at God. God, he made this body. He shaped this body. And now that I know he is the full creator of me, he molded me. So he knows all about me. And I put my feet on, before I get up in the morning, I put my feet on the floor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for rising. And he will do it. You must believe he will do it. There's days I'm so pain-free, and there's other days like that. I feel pain, you know, but rely on God's goodness. Rely on his goodness. Be, in other words, be proactive with your body, you know, especially men. Men, I don't want to go to the doctors. I'm afraid what they're going to tell me. Well, if you're afraid what they're going to tell you, then by the time you do go, it's going to be a little too late. So I felt the same way, but you have to be proactive because there is so much out there in this day. The technology is so much out there for cancer victims. All right, I had numerous tests. Immunotherapy, which I'm still waiting on the results. I had, oh my goodness, I had it all. I had it all. At night, my house glows. I have so much radio in my body. But it's good. It's good because I know it's working. I know it's working. And I have what they call bone metastatic, metastatic bone cancer. But the medication I'm on, it slows it down. It slows it down. But I'm grateful. And most importantly, I am grateful to my wife. She's there at my side during the bad and during the good time. She looks after me. She, oh, amazing woman. Despite her ordeal, what she's going through, you know. And as you know, men, we can be very, very careless when it comes to our mate, you know. We must love them unconditionally, you know. We must love them, do for them as they do for us. It's a two-way street. I'll do for you, you do for me. We are one. We are one. And we do it for our children. And God has been too good to us. Despite all, he has been too good to us. And I give him all the glory. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, I want to thank Bob for those wonderful uplifting, informational counsel advice that we received this morning. Um, this is just the beginning for us. 
we will be back um, and we will be recording more to let couples know that this is a couple's disease. It is not to be taken lightly. It is not for the faint-hearted. And it takes a lot of love, patience, endurance. And it takes a lot of faith because that's where I get my strength from. But I thank God for my husband. I thank God for giving me strength. So till we meet again, peace unto you.